This episode was brought to you in part by God Will Athletic Training. For all your spiritual, physical, and nutritional needs, tap into God Will Athletic Training. Follow on Facebook at Hesed Godspeed or on Instagram at GodWill8727. This episode is brought to you in part by God Made in Mars Prince. For all your merchandise and apparel needs, tap into God Made in Mars Prince. Team jerseys, family reunions, get-togethers, girls' day out, God Made in Mars Prince. They handle it all. Follow on Facebook at Hesit Godspeed or on Instagram at GodMade8727. Please rate, subscribe, and share. Thank you for listening to the making of a masterpiece. Isaiah chapter 42, verses 13 
and chapter 53 verses 12 says his life would match a particular description including suffering silence at his arrest trial and death burial in a rich man's tomb and resurrection in forms of lineage birthplace time and lifestyle Jesus matched the messianic expectations of the Hebrew scriptures to the T. Jesus himself proclaimed himself to be the Messiah in the book of John chapter 4 verses 25 and 26. Naturally, that doesn't prove anything, one way or another. But if Jesus never made the claim, why would we bother to try and prove he was not? So why was he rejected by the Jews? During the time of Jesus, the Jews of the day were seeking deliverance from the tyranny of Rome. Although the scriptures spoke both of the sufferings and of the victories of the Messiah, the victorious aspect had become utmost in the minds of the common people because of Roman domination. This lopsided view of the Messiah has stuck with many Jewish people, but not all Jewish people rejected the Messiah. All the first followers of Jesus were Jewish. A lot of rabbis at the time recognized many messianic prophecies which were fulfilled by Jesus. Now, when it comes to Jesus, the Messiah, he has many names. Just a few start off as Jesus, Yeshua, Emmanuel, Christ, Master, Logos, Son of God, Son of Man, Bread of Life, Bridegroom, Deliverer, Good Shepherd, Great High Priest, I Am, King of Kings, Lamb of God, Light of the World, Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Mediator, Peace, Our Hope, Redeemer, Risen Lord, Rock, Savior, The Door, The Way, The Word, True Vine, Truth, Victorious One, and the best one of all, Messiah. Now, Jesus is our bridegroom. We are the bride. And knowing the position that Jesus holds within the kingdom of God, many men knew that and wanted to attain to that certain level. So there arose a lot of false prophets of the day when Jesus walked and even after Jesus died. Now, false prophets who claimed to be the Messiah, just a few, you know, you had Bar Kokhba and Shabbatazibi. Now, Bar Kokhba, he led a revolt against Rome in A.D. 132 to 135. Born Simon ben Kosba, he was a Jewish military leader. During his revolt, though, Rabbi Akiva proclaimed him to be the king Messiah. They both were killed around 135 A.D. when the Romans stormed the stronghold of Batar. Uh, Shabbati Zibi was a self-proclaimed Messiah flourishing in 17th century Europe. The Shabbatan movement spread among both common people and rabbis. He was arrested in 1666 by the Sultan of Turkey, then converted to Islam rather than face death. Now, Jesus' life stands in contrast to those false messiahs. Jesus is a positive demonstration of what we should expect the Messiah to do. Jesus worked many miracles of healing, bringing wholeness into people's lives, forgiving sin and restoring relationships. In contrast to the Shabbat Zibis, Jesus carried out the law of Moses as a devout Jew. And to contrast to Barcoa, although Jesus died, he was also resurrected. 
So because he provides, he as in Jesus, atonement for sin and reconciliation with God, Jesus brings peace and joy and purpose into people's lives. Apart from faith in him, there is no basis for true peace or direction. No matter what you call him, how you know him, Jesus of Nazareth is the one who allows the world to be reconciled with our only creator. He is our redemption credit. He came to save the world from transgression and is the sole reason man will never be abandoned by God. He is recognized in a number of religions as something or someone God used for his benefit and his purpose. In Islam, for instance, Jesus is one of God's highest ranked and most beloved prophets. He is referred by Islamic texts as Isa. The Baha faith considers Jesus to be one of many manifestations of God, who are a series of personas who reflect the attributes of the divine into the human world. From the beginning, he has been there with God. As a matter of fact, God is talking to him as he began to create man and earth. He is a part of the Trinity. He is the Son. Jesus is the second Adam. We are the first Adam. Jesus is the first spirit man to save all mankind. Jesus is king of all. He is described in revelation from his physical attributes, hair like wool and white as snow, eyes like fire and feet like bronze glowing in a furnace. His voice like flowing water. But who is Jesus and why is he so important to you and me? Jesus Christ wants to be your savior and take you to heaven and your king who rules in your life in history. In the beginning, he was there, and in the end, he will always be present. He loved the world enough to sacrifice himself for the entire world species to become our redemption credit to save mentally, physically, and spiritually. God gave his only begotten son for you and me. The status of perfection, he is our bridegroom. The symbol of victory, he is our redeemer. The essence of love, he is our example. Addicted to meth for over 20 years. How did you get started doing that? I got started basically, it was um, just partying with friends, with friends that I had went to middle school with. Since I didn't make it to high school, I've known these friends for like a long, long time. And we would go and party, and at first it was just a weekend thing, just, you know, to get away from home, you know, since I had kids at such a young age. And uh, when I was able to start going out, it was like I was reliving my teenage years but in an adult life so did you first like meet jesus or like like have an inclination of jesus when i when i was freed from my addiction six years ago no longer six years ago let me see it was march the 18th 2014 yeah so you said so how who introduced you did you like did you stumble well hold on i'll take it back because I did, I did experience going to church during my, uh, I call it my high times. Um, I did go to church um, with an elderly woman that I used to work with. She, uh, she tried and tried several times to introduce me to God, and it was like, um, it wasn't just, it wasn't clicking. I knew that something was fixing to happen, but I just couldn't put my finger on it until the day I went to Covenant Church at Colleyville. And that was on March the 18th, and that's when uh, it just hit me. 
it just it overwhelmed me. I mean, the Holy Spirit uh, let me know that my life was about to be changed in a big way. So do you do you think that Jesus was with you like the whole time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he ever left my sight, even when I was young. So do you remember like a time when you being like, in your phase where like he kind of like helped you out of something? Oh yeah, I was stabbed. Oh really? I was stabbed um, three times in my head, uh, in each uh, closing of my arm, in each knee. I was nicked over my main artery on my neck, and I was nicked over my my heart. How did that situation happen? Um, I was I put myself in the wrong place at the wrong time, or should I say the right time? <laughs> Only because, um, you know how they say, call out to God whenever you really need it, and whenever you really, really need him, when you're in desperate need of being safe, and he will appear, and he did. During the time, the whole time I was being stabbed, I was, uh, I knew something was about to happen. And my curiosity, um, instead of turning around and saying, you shouldn't be here, get out of here while you can, I stayed out of curiosity. And um, whenever that happened, uh, of course, I was getting high. I was uh, doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I knew something bad, really, really bad was fixing to happen. And it did. And right when I was being attacked, I yelled out to God. And I said, oh, Lord, please save me. Save me. You know, and it was it was kind of like a, it all happened so quick to where it all happened in such slow motion to where I was actually having a conversation with him, with God, and telling him, look, my mom's fixing to pass away. Uh, I need to make sure I'm here to take care of my kids. I can't die right now. Please save me. I know you can. And right when he was fixing to finish me off, uh, he had this look on his face like he was shocked. And I, I, to this day, I strongly feel like that was the Holy Ghost over me and was preventing him from moving any further. So what happened in the situation? Why did he attack you? He was a schizophrenic. He was a schizophrenic and uh, his aunt, um, which was supposed to happen, my friend Molly, she had, um, she was trying to get him put away for a long time. And she had said some things that I, to this day, I'm not sure if they were true or not. She said that he had uh, raped his grandmother when his grandmother, right before his grandmother passed away. And she wanted him uh, to go to jail for a long time. I, to this day, think that, think that she set me up. She uh, had me throw out all his medication. She said he had that medication was expired. And uh, she said that he had new medication. But come to find out, find out he was off of his medication for a very long time and he started having schizophrenic uh, Episode. episodes. Uh, the mother had passed away and I was there to help pack everything up. You know, that's how I that's how I got my drug of choice was I was I did things for people. I, I helped them move, I, I uh, packed things, I did whatever I could to make sure I didn't have to pay cash for it because I didn't have money. I didn't even have a job during that time. Well, um, he ended up attacking me, and I think she set me up. She she thought he was going to kill me, and he was going to be put away for a very long time. Yeah. So how do you, how would you say 
what made him want to change? I was tired of living that way. I, I, uh, I think what really, really opened my eyes was when my grandson said, Granny, you're always in the bathroom taking showers. And I was in the bathroom taking showers. I was in the bathroom all the time getting hot. And I knew that I had put my children through that. Um, like most of their growing up, I don't even remember my uh, grandson. I was taking care of him, and he noticed that I was always in the bathroom. And so when he said that, I was like, and not only that, I knew I didn't want my grandkids to grow up the way my children grew up, seeing me, even though they knew something was wrong or something was going on with me, but they didn't know exactly what. But uh, I didn't want my grandchildren to experience that life or know me that way. And not only that, my uh, oldest daughter and my son-in-law were always fighting, and it got so bad to the point to where the police had told me, if we come out here one more time, we're taking the kids. So I knew that I couldn't control them and their, their uh, domestic violence, but I can control me and my lifestyle. And so I knew that I needed to change because I, need, I needed a, a stable roof over my head. I needed a stable job because I was working here. I didn't know if I was going to be fired the next day because I couldn't even come to work on a four-hour shift. Um, so I knew that I had to make my life better just in case I had to take my grandkids. How do you think, do you think Jesus and the whole spirituality of things helped you oh, get yes. to that point? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, because the day I went to church, I, um, I had a $10 bill. My friend, who was at home, he was at my daughter's and he was still asleep. And he was waiting for me to get out of church because we were going to use that $10 bill on going and buying more. Just $10, but still. And um, I can remember uh, while I was at church, I told God, I said, you know what? I said, I'm tired of living this lifestyle. I said, you have to set me free. I said, I'm giving this $10 bill the only money I have. And I'm putting my addiction on it, my meth addiction, and my nicotine addiction on it. And I am going to give it as my tithing, set me free, I said, and I'm not going to accept it back. And so um, the minute I walked out of church, I was I was set free. When I went home, he was like, where's the $10 bill? And I said, why? And he said, because she's on her way. And I said, okay. I said, just let me know when she pulls up. He goes, what, you don't trust me with the money? I said, no, it's not that. I said, I need to do something real quick. And so I told my daughter, I said, give me a pen and paper. And so she gave me a pen and paper, and I wrote down the directions to the church. And I folded it up, and I gave it to him. He goes, what's this? And he opens it. He says, what's this? And I said, if you make it in time, you might still be able to find my $10 bill in the tithing bucket. I said, I gave it to God to set me free. And I said, I think it's time for you to leave now. And so he left. Um, he kept trying to come back into my life, and I was like, no. I said, I can't be around anybody that's using. I have to set myself away from others. And he's been clean for about five years now. He, he ended up getting clean a year after I got clean. I know you said, like, your uncle was a part of, like, Well, I'm going to call it cult because it was only him. It was only him? It was only him. 
what made you, why did he you think start to go to the Because he was involved in a real bad motorcycle accident. Him and his friend was riding a motorcycle. And what happened was they ended up um, getting into an accident. And after that, he was never the same again mentally. Uh, he felt like God had let him down. Because I, I, I still to this day have his um this contract where he basically told God, he wrote out to God, uh, I'm giving my life to a higher power, to a different power, I should say, because that was not him. But um, he felt like God had let him down and, let, and changed all his life and didn't make it better for him. But the minute he passed away, I know he went to heaven because I saw his spirit go into the rosary that we put over his bed. Yeah. 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 I opened my eyes and I saw his his spirit lift and it went straight to the rosary. And I was like, hey, thank you, God. <laughs> and you said, how long was he a part of that? Like years for God, he probably, probably maybe 35 years. Probably maybe 35 years. Thank you for listening. This is the making of a masterpiece. Hope you have a blessed day. And remember, you control your destiny. Treat others as you want to be treated. And the world will treat you right. Stay righteous and have a blessed day. Peace.